that love singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. What a wonderful thing. We're free and on our way back to Jerusalem. High hopes fill the heart of every man, woman, and child here. Marvelous, marvelous. Tell me a story, Grandfather, please. Well, I sure will, my child. Tonight, around the campfire. All right? Sure, Grandfather. Well, once upon a time, there lived in the land of Mesopotamia a man named Abraham. Now, Abraham loved and obeyed God. When God told him to arise and get out of Mesopotamia unto a land he would be shown, Abraham, in faith, left Mesopotamia. Finally, he arrived in Canaan, the land of promise. The first thing he did was build an altar to... See now, my dear, tonight I'll tell about Abraham's son. His name was Isaac. One night, Abraham had a dream in which he was told to take Isaac into a faraway mountain and offer Isaac as a burnt offering. Again, in faith, Abraham obeyed, and it was only by a miracle of God that Isaac was saved. It happened as Abraham was about to bring the night. before the king of Egypt would let Moses and the people leave, Grandfather? Ten, yes, my dear. And again, it was only by faith and a miracle that the children of Israel... The waters of the Red Sea actually parted and made walls so the people could cross on dry land? Another miracle. In fact, during all the wanderings of the children of Israel for those 40 years in the wilderness, God provided for them through many miracles. Take the time, for instance, when Korah thought that he and his fellows... The entire history of Israel, my dear, is full of faith and miracles. Once again, as we march to Jerusalem from Babylonian captivity, faith and miracles are responsible. We are going back home to Jerusalem. That in itself is a miracle. the long line of marchers entered Jerusalem, a strange silence encompassed them. They hardly recognized their own loved city. The massive walls, the temple, the marketplace, the king's palace, private homes, all were in ruin, burned to the ground or torn asunder by the army of Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, the beautiful temple! Nothing but a pile of ruins! I thought Jerusalem was surrounded with walls. There's nothing but piles of stone and 
years. Scattered stones, rubble, charred ruins. That's all that remains of our beautiful city. So this is Jerusalem. <laughs> People of Israel, this is Jerusalem, our city. The city of our fathers, God's own city. In ruins, yes. But this should be no surprise to any of us. We were told and should have known. It is our pleasure and duty to rebuild it. Once again, make it a city of beauty and wealth. The center of commerce. So peoples of the world passing through will hear of the great God of Israel. especially the temple, is a great disappointment to many of you, I know. But it need not be, it should not be, for to you is given the task of rebuilding. Dedicate yourselves to the Be grateful that God has forgiven the past and has again given us Judah for an inheritance. Joshua, the high priest, and I shall build an altar upon the spot where Solomon built the original altar. It will be the first time in many, many years that an offering has been offered upon the sacred spot. Give ye thanks unto the Lord! Now that the people have scattered abroad to re-establish their homes or to find new ones, it is time the rebuilding of the temple and the city began. I am sure you agree. Now you've been sent for in here because each of you has a talent and is skilled in a special art. Your skill is needed at this particular time. Later, other skilled men will be called as needed. I'm quite sure that you all know that the Lord our God has moved upon the hearts of our own people, upon the people of Babylon and upon Cyrus the king, to be generous in free will offerings. There are sufficient funds and more to obtain the material to begin the building of the temple. Some of you will be sent to Zidon and Tyre to bring cedar trees from Lebanon to the seaport of Joppa. Cyrus, the king of Persia, has already granted these trees unto us. Now, there is money in abundance for our own masons and carpenters. Workmen have been appointed to clear the debris away from the site of Solomon's wrecked and torn-down temple. Each of you hasten to do the task given you. By the time the material is here, the temple site will be cleared and ready for the laying of the foundation. Joshua, your grace. Yes? May I say, your grace, that the people of Israel are awaiting with great anticipation the time when, with the temple rebuilt, they may behold the shining forth of God's glory from within as it did of old. Youth and the aged, the poor and the rich, princes and common men, Israelites in all walks of life gathered on a certain morning at the site of the temple, now but a pile of rubbish, to begin clearing it away so that a foundation and a new temple might be built. They anxiously awaited the beginning of the hard but joyous task. Listen, it's the signal to begin work. Our God is mercy and forever. 
What? what? It's a stone. It must be from the original Solomon's Temple. You, you see how smooth and pretty it is. And it's huge. I'm sorry I didn't get to see Solomon's Temple. It was the most beautiful building in all the world. For God himself designed it and even directed the workmen. Within seven months, the site had been cleared, the material secured. All was in readiness for the laying of the cornerstone for the foundation of the new temple. And all they that were come out of the captivity were gathered at Jerusalem to watch and celebrate the laying of the cornerstone. And all the people praised the Lord with great shouting and rejoicing. Joshua, the high priest, spoke unto the people. The laying of this cornerstone is a sign that the Lord our God is a gracious and just God. For he has brought us to this day, the day of a new beginning for Israel. the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. Dear Lord, thank you for my mom and dad. Oh
Here we are at the start of another kids' Bible club meeting, and I'm excited. You guys are doing such a great job of finding wonderful Bible texts to share. Uh, tonight it's Lily's turn, right, Lily? Whatever you say, Pastor Perez, I have my text ready. Good. Let's hear it. <clears throat> okay, my favorite text is found in the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 19. Here's what it says. From six calamities, he will rescue you. In seven, no harm will befall you. Hmm, interesting. If I remember my Bible correctly, those words were spoken to Job by his friend Elipaz. Elipaz was attempting to encourage Job, right? I guess so. I just like them. Lily, are you having some calamities in your life? Henry's my brother. What do you think? Hey, I'm a good brother. Oh, I see. You need to know that no matter what Henry does, God will rescue you? Something like that. I'll have you know that I'm a lot better than I used to be. Really? How? Well, I make fun of you a lot less, I tease you a lot less, and when was the last time I put something gooey in your coat pocket? Tuesday. See? I'm cutting back. You know, Henry, you might want to take it easy on Lily. After all, you are her big brother. She needs you to protect her, not bug her all the time. Okay, okay, no more gooey stuff. But beyond that, no promises. <sighs> Don't worry, Pastor Prez. I'm sure that whatever Henry does to me, there's a Bible text for it. I'll just keep looking. Good attitude, Lily. Jesus wants to be our friend. He's interested in everything we do and longs to be included in our lives. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with Him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. you've joined me today for another story just for you. Wouldn't you like to go on a vacation to a horse ranch with the shoebox kids? But what if your dog ran away into the forest or was maybe dognapped by a local Indian girl or her brother? And what if you were stuck on the mountain after dark with a bear nearby? In this shoebox kids book, that's what happens to Dee Dee and the other shoebox kids. They learn about horses and about two kids who are different. 
When Dee Dee's dog, Zack, disappears, she turns to Shorty, the tallest cowboy she's ever seen. While Shorty helps the shoebox kids learn to ride and handle horses, they help Shorty learn more about the kind of friend Jesus can be. When an accidental meeting with a bear leaves them stranded on the mountain, the shoebox kids learn that even when you think you know someone, you can be surprised. And when you judge someone, you might be making a big mistake. But can they find their way back down the mountain? Chapter 1. A Vacation Adventure Come here, Zack. Jump in, Dee Dee called. Zack was a year and a half old dog, but he still acted like a puppy. He jumped up and down excitedly as the Adamses loaded their sleeping bags and food into the car. Finally, it was time to go, and Zack was the only one left to get in. Jump in, Zack. Dee Dee held out her hands. Zack was so excited that he spun around in a circle before he jumped into the car and sat down on the seat beside Dee Dee. Dee Dee gave Zack a big hug. You don't want to stay behind, she said as she fastened her seatbelt. We're going to have too much fun. Okay, Mom and Dad, we're ready. I wish we had a seatbelt for Zack, too, so he can be safe. That is a very good idea, Mr. Adams said. I'm glad you are being so conscious about safety. We'll have to find out if someone has invented seatbelts for animals. For now, we'll just keep him riding quietly beside you. We can also ask Jesus to keep all of us safe on our vacation. Dee Dee and her mom and dad held hands while Mr. Adams prayed. Dear Jesus, thank you for this vacation where we can spend time together as a family. We know you like fun times as much as we do, and we want to invite you to live in us this week. Please send your angels to protect us as we travel. Dee Dee gave her dad's hand a tight squeeze. Oh, and please take special care of Zach, too. Thank you, Daddy, Dee Dee said when she opened her eyes. Mr. Adams smiled. You're welcome, Dee Dee. Dee Dee rode quietly in the car for an hour and a half. She read a book from the school library about Indians and colored some pictures. Zack slept curled up in the seat beside her. She listened once in a while to Mom and Dad as they talked about the exciting vacation they were going to have in the mountains. Dee Dee could hardly wait. It wasn't just her family who was going. The Vargases were going, too. So were the Tans and Jenny and her mom and Willie Teller and his mom and dad. How much farther is it, Dee Dee blurted out. Mr. Adams chuckled. I thought you told us before we left that you weren't going to ask that question. Dee Dee put her hand over her mouth and giggled. I'm sorry, it was an accident. Mr. Adams slowed down and turned onto a winding gravel road. Well, he said, it looks like we are almost there. See that sign? Dee Dee peered out the window at a sign that read, Wild Horse Mountain Retreat, 12 miles. Zack woke up when he heard the gravel crunching underneath the tires and licked Dee Dee on the cheek. See, Zack, Dee Dee said, only 12 more miles to go. Dee Dee saw a cloud of dust ahead of them. It looks like someone is just ahead of us, she said. A few minutes later, they drove around a corner right behind the Vargas' station wagon. That's Maria and Chris's car, Dee Dee shouted. It sure is, Mrs. Adams said. Dee Dee quickly packed her Indian book and coloring books into her backpack and petted Zack. We're almost there, Zack. You're going to have so much fun, too. Then she whispered into Zack's ear. Don't you go running off and get lost in the mountains either, or I might never find you. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 10, Adventure on Wild Horse Mountain, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.
This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. The children come, please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.